1: by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. This is completely BS. This is shame. They had to win tonight? If that's that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win.
2: Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports
3: Radio 92.9 The Game. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I want you to say it.
1: Yeah. I mean. I uh, want
3: you to say it. What you just told me. I want you to do it right now just,
1: for everybody. I was just telling Carl, and I always get a kick when we uh, we one of us is on vacation and Fricky fills in, and it's always the conviction which with Fricky will throw something out there. And He just believes, and I was sometimes like, really, John, we're gonna have four NFL teams in Europe by in the next ten years. That <laughs> seems that's like a bit of a stretch. Maybe maybe one in twenty years, you know. I mean, you know but but I can tell you now. <laughs> I can tell you now, brother, as sure as that ice is cold over our shoulder here at Gas South Arena for the yes, Gladiators. Yes. Bill Belichick's gonna be the head coach of the Falcons. He they've done their due diligence. They're gonna again check all the boxes for the NFL rules they and there talk are to, rules. They talked to two people. That's it. I don't Bel, care. And guess what? Have you heard Belichick linked to anyone else? <laughs> Belichick has not been linked to the commanders, has not been linked to the Chargers. Mike, has not to, been linked they to talk Carolina. To two-
3: Hateful. Bill
1: Belichick care. will be your Falcons head coach in 2024. Now, again, will we even be allowed to stand on the side of the hill to watch practice will be the question I have oh, come for you. On. Come August. He
3: is not that guy. There will be music. He's going to allow the players to yeah, do we play Lawrence Welk what music. players do in 2024. <laughs> all right? But I just wanted you to say it so you yeah. can feel good. They've talked to two people. Hey,
1: look, and by the way, don't misunderstand me, guys. This is not me pining for Belichick. This is just giving you the reality. Belichick, as my old buddy Bobak used to say, take that, get ready, pill, because Belichick is coming. They are going to hire Bill Belichick, and it's going to happen by next week. All right. Now,
3: this has not been confirmed by anybody, okay? This is my spidey sense. again, uh, (laughs) But I just want to be clear because we're heard all over the state.
1: Yeah. And people
3: right now are going to go, I heard on 92
1: yeah. 9 a game that it's happening.
3: This is us talking on this show. This
1: is my opinion. Yes. We are we are sports casters. We are paid to give an opinion. Well, we're, and sports, my, we're sports talkos. I'm not a sports sport, Well, you're a sports caster. Well, that too, but not right now. I, right, this is I, my other job. I'm a bloviator. <laughs> you know, they used to call me the opinionator when I worked at Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, my opinion is it's done. Carbon and stone. Right, this is what Arthur has always wanted, and he's going to get it. And look, if, if you can figure out, and we're going to find out what the plan is, maybe it involves getting a veteran established quarterback. I don't know. When you got a guy who's only going to be here for two or three years, guys. You know, you start to look at some of these other options. I think he may want to go with somebody who's established, but we got to find out first. I'm just but telling you, that's not concerning. He's to you coming two here. 2 or 3 years. No, I don't want him here. I don't I think it's a mistake. I think it's a bad move. I don't, I don't want to get a guy. And again, uh, Dimitrov can give me all the, the, the all the nonsense about all the analytics. We all know he's one he of the great coaches. He still yeah. made that yes. team better. He sure if did he until he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, until thank you, Skip. Until he couldn't do it anymore. You know, as look, I've given. I told some listeners out there to go look at the numbers of the only guy who went out on top was Bill Walsh. Everybody, Bruce Arians. That's true. Everybody That's true. else struggled at the end. Chuck Knoll hated Terry Bradshaw's guts and never found a guy to replace him. Tom Landry rolled the dice with Danny White, never found a guy to replace Staubach. And then, uh, and you guys saw, and then eventually got fired. It was unbelievable. I saw Don Shula. Now Don Shula would make the playoffs, but they wouldn't do anything because he was stubborn and set in his ways with bad. Remind you of anybody with bad coordinators with some schemes that didn't fly. So, I just think if you think that everyone who ret- – you get to grandpa's age. Your grandpa's ret- – hopefully he's retired. He's 72. He's hitting golf balls, as I t- said to you yesterday. These guys are setting their ways. I'm hoping that we can teach Bill new tricks, but I'm not counting on it. It's going to be Belichick and the Patriot way coming to Atlanta and see if they can jam that in here and make it work.
3: All right. I just wanted to hear you say it. Belichick were-
1: is going to be all your right, head coach. All right. I just wanted to hear you say it. This
3: hour is brought to you by Status Truck and Trailer Repair, driven by excellence, building successful partnerships. Whomever the coach is, that's what I want to do. Mike, I want to build a successful partnership. Yes. Okay? We don't have clients, we We have have partners. Okay? That's what I want. With that said, let's get to an NFL Blitz!
2: (laughs) Mike NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell.
1: You feel better now that you've said it? i just I don't feel anyway. I personally I—I feel I feel like bile is coming out of my mouth when I have to tell the audience, Yeah I'm not happy spewing this. <laughs> Sorry for that visual. Enjoy your late lunch. I just wanted to make sure because you in the break were so adamant and confident about this. I'm telling you, I mean, look, I've seen Arthur Blank since 1990, well, since 2001, technically, when he took it over. He wants Belichick. And when you don't hear Belichick linked to other jobs, that's what I'm telling you. We're going to interview, like, we can interview five more guys. It's going to be Belichick. Well, I think they are. I do think they're going to interview some other guys, but
3: it doesn't mean that this might not happen. All right. uh, As far as what's going on around the league, Mike is Dak tony romo
1: is Dak yes, Prescott? yes he he's romo. tony romo 2.0 and that's why a lot of people are saying but McCar- jerry if you maybe this will come to fruition at some point jerry needs to get some, another offensive mind or at least another quarterback coach or something to figure out Dak's shortcomings in these bigger games they're keeping the entire band together how Carl, which is really look you're you're really really good but you know what you are now what you you remember when we were kids the Phillies would win the division, then the Dodgers would beat them, and they go to the World Series and play the Yankees. True. That's what the Cowboys are. They're good enough to win and, and be in the playoffs, but they're not good enough to get to the Super Bowl. Dak,
3: by the way, fourth-round pick. Romo was an undrafted free agent. Whether you think it's a fair, uh, unfair assessment, it's really not. I mean, both have made multiple Pro Bowls. Both have had winning teams in Dallas. But it's about getting over the hump. And now people are starting to to believe that this is Romo all over again. Here's the thing. It will end next year one way or another. Right. Both the coach and the quarterback are in their last years
1: of their deal. Either they go out on top, Mike, or they're gone. But this is, if there's recent history to look at, he's doing the same thing with McCarthy he did with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett needed to go probably three years sooner He's doing the same thing with McCarthy. Like, I don't know. I, I would have at least kept my – if I was Jerry Jones, I would have kept my, my options open for Belichick because Belichick can diagnose this from, like, from 20 miles away. You don't need to be even be in the building. you got to fix Dak. You've got to tighten up some things here on this team. You've certainly got enough personnel right they're a good enough team yes but i mean but you've got to have that that's something to get you over the top and i just think to roll out the same crew calling the shots three years in a row that's that's insanity that's the definition of insanity big o let me hear mike mccarthy a
3: couple of things one his belief in dak and then we'll let you hear what he had to say when it comes to we know how to win and we will win speaking of definitive statements mike bell here's mike mccarthy
2: i have unbelievable belief in Dak. I think he clearly
3: has another step. Uh, I think this offense is, has suited him well. I think the things that we were able to improve on, What's well, a system built around making the quarterback successful. The growth opportunity that we both see for the future is, you know, was was something that we are excited about. He improved, there's no doubt. It was his, have, best, his best season as a pro. Didn't have the turnovers, all that stuff. Whether it was McCarthy and how much effect that he had on him, either way, can't debate that. But this... Come on, Mike. This was supposed to be your year. Now it's like we're gonna win. Listen to this. We have established a, a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the we have the right people, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but I, I know how to win, and and uh, we will get over that threshold. Uh, I have total confidence in it, and, and
2: that's why I'm standing here today.
1: He won a Super Bowl 14 years ago. Yeah, in that stadium. Right. Against the Steelers, man. No, I just – McCarthy's – no one debates McCarthy. McCarthy's a good coach. He actually took – remember, we were kind of like, what's McCarthy going to do, taking over offense? But this is – at this level now, you're, you're measured by getting to the Super Bowl. That's the only thing. And let's be honest, Carl, from the time Parcells was there to Jason Garrett, everybody else, this is what Dallas is. Dallas is a team that can win 10 or 11 games and then go nowhere. It's Dukes and Bell. Our NFL Blitz is brought
3: to you by our friends at Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. Let's hear from Josh Allen. He finally gets a playoff game in Buffalo this weekend against Patrick Mahomes. This is what he said about it.
4: They've gotten the best of us in the playoffs in the last few years. And, you know, we uh, finally got a a home game and just got to go out there and put our best foot forward and, and play as hard as we can play. Does he
1: have a good game? Does he, does, he, does he finally yeah. get over? Yeah, if, he, if he plays within himself, which is exactly what Joe Brady's been asking of him, not to force it, not to overdo it. Uh, you know, they're going to certainly have, like, they've been dying for this for years, have always had to go to Arrowhead, and just don't don't have a screw-up. Like, he almost lost to Miami last year. Remember that playoff game when it yes. was even without Tua? So play within yourself. The defense is good enough. And Patrick Mahomes and this guy's got to catch the ball. Rasheed Rice, you know. Everyone saying, wow, was she Rice. Even I said it, coming out party. That guy dropped as many passes as everybody else this season. You just got to hope that he builds off what he did against the Dolphins. No doubt. He was the best wide receiver for right. the Chiefs last week. But he drops had- it too, yeah, so they got to hold on to it.
3: He's got to continue to, to, to do that. Hey, Bryce Young finally showed some emotion in Week 18. The reason why we're bringing this up, Carolina's one of those teams looking for a new coach. Um, they have yet to, to figure out where they're going to go. But Miles Sanders, Mike, running back, was saying he dropped a lot of F-bombs. It was real. It was emotion. It was a side that they hadn't seen, and players dug it. And his whole point was, we want more of this from our young quarterback. We want this Bryce Young to be emotionally invested like he was in Week 18. We know they didn't win a lot of games, and still, I don't know if he's going to be as good as we projected him to be, but the point is... This is something that
1: really carried some weight with the players. And I think, you know, you and I were talking about this on, on Tuesday. We were off for Monday for the MLK holiday. But Jalen Hurts going, when he was asked about it, you know, not our time. You know, just not our – I mean, I was like, dude, that's not what I want to hear. So if he kind of, you know, changed that tune in the locker amongst, his, amongst the teammates, that's great because you want the leader to say, look, it starts with me. I've got to be better. And, you know, the, the, we always talk about the finger injury. If you're on the field, you're expected to make things. And the finger did not hurt him from throwing that beautiful pass to Devontae Smith, right? Oh, no. was, it, was it Jackson? Or was it Smith? Smith? No, it was Smith. Jackson. A.J. Yeah, uh, Brown yeah, was out A.J. Brown injured. was out. Deshaun Jackson years ago. But, yeah, I mean, he was making some throws. It just, to me, the offensive coordinator, who's also ironically interviewing for head coaching jobs, there's nothing intermediate, nothing science. Everything was all the way down the field, it seemed like. That way we weren't helping him out. Guys, uh, we've got tickets
3: for tonight's Gladiator game. On the glass, Mike.
1: Yeah, man, great seats. I think you're like one, two, right there behind the glass. Come on down, man. We're gonna do it. We will give those away, Chris, in the five o'clock hour turtle. So we'll give you a chance to come and hang. We also have hey a man ale available here at Gas Health. We appreciate these guys. It's I, there's, there's nothing like coming out here and watching some minor league hockey. I want you guys to beat the snot out of each other. Hopefully, you know, get some shenanigans going, and it's gonna be a blast tonight. Looking forward to it. The only
3: thing I, t- I will tell you is if you cannot use the tickets, do not call. Correct. Okay? We, we want you to come down. We want you to be here and use the tickets. We'll give them away some point in the 5 o'clock hours. Stay tuned. That gives you time to get down here uh, and, and get a chance to get in the building. But we are going to give those tickets away. All right, when we come back, we're going to Boston. Ben Volan has covered Bill Belichick, covered the Patriots for a very long time, senior NFL writer for the Boston Globe. If this happens, what are we getting?
5: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: You got people freaking out, Mike. You got people freaking out. When the
1: biggest radio show in Atlanta says it's happening... You've got people freaking out. I'm more concerned as Steak Shapiro is from the uh, from the steakhouse. Where'd they have dinner again? This that's another meeting face to face. Was it at Chops? Were they downstairs at Bones? I need some privacy. Really, the club room at Chops.
3: Oh, well, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Wherever they were, whoever saw them last night,
1: let us yeah. know. You give hey. us a, you know, a little spy reporter where Belichick was throwing down with Arthur and Rich and. And I guess, Terry, you got to sit at the big table. Okay, would you stop it? Hey, let's talk to our man, Ben Volan. He is
3: senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe. Ben, it's good to have you on. I enjoy your work. I read you. I have to ask this question because Falcon fans here are, uh, and I really I do mean that. They're kind of freaking out. What what are we getting in Bill Belichick? I, I, we know what the record is. We know the championships. What are we getting? The guy that you've covered over the last X amount of years, what is it that we're getting
4: I'd say you're getting a guy who's going to bring stability to the organization. The the Falcons uh, have kind of cycled through a few head coaches now over the last decade or so, you know, since Dan Quinn and um, haven't found the right mix yet. And I think, look, Belichick's not going to be there for the long haul. He's not going to be there for the next 10 years. But this is a guy who's obviously been there, done that. There's nothing that could possibly come up uh, for the Falcons next year that Belichick hasn't already handled and dealt with. And so you're just going to have a a professional coach, not to say that, uh, you know, not to speak ill of the the last few guys that have come through there, but Belichick's just going to bring so much stability to that organization. And as long as they find a quarterback, um, I I think the Falcons are going to be in good shape. You know, I think what we saw here with the Patriots the last few years is you could have the best coach in the world. If you don't have the talent, it doesn't really matter. Um, So I think the Falcons have much better talent than what the Patriots were dealing with. Bill Belichick, you know, was the one responsible for that here in New England. He doesn't have to worry as much about picking the players in Atlanta. He's still, I think, a pretty good uh, game day coach overall. And like I said, we'll just bring a lot of stability uh, and, and like, pedigree uh, to the organization that hasn't had much the last few years.
1: Ben Boland with us, guys, a senior NFL writer at the Boston Globe here on the Wadeford.com hotline. Ben, no one you know, can disagree with, obviously, you know, if not, the, he's the greatest of all time. I mean, you put him up there with, you know, take your pick. But the last couple of years, the things looking from Atlanta, you know, obviously from looking from 1,000 miles away, it's like when you put Matt Patricia in there as, as an OC, that looks like what the heck's going on? And the way that Mac Jones didn't develop. Walk us through what happened through all that.
4: Yeah, so the, the Patriots lost Josh McDaniels two years ago, and Belichick kind of in a non-traditional move. He he just elevated Matt Patricia uh, to the head of the offense. They didn't name him the coordinator, so They didn't have to go through the Rudy role, but Matt Patricia was essentially the offensive coordinator two years ago. And I, I got to be honest, I think the narrative, the uh, rail was completely unfair to Matt Patricia. It was not the best situation for the Patriots, but it wasn't nearly as bad as I think people make it out to be. And Frankly, I put the blame mostly on the players and on Mac Jones for it not working. I mean, like I said in the last response, the NFL is a player's league and Matt Patricia would, I think, would have been a much better coordinator if Mac Jones were a better quarterback. And, you know, we saw it this year. (laughs) uh, You know, Bill O'Brien comes in. He's kind of forced upon Bill Belichick. You know, the owner demands that Bill O'Brien comes in. It was even worse. I mean, the, the offense was miles worse than it was last year under Matt Patricia. So, um, I, I think if you're Belichick, you can. What you're say, saying to Arthur Blank right now is, yeah, you know the last few years weren't good, and obviously this year wasn't good, but it's because my owner started meddling too much. My owner wouldn't let me trade Mac Jones, which is true. My owner forced me to bring in a new offensive coordinator, and you know did this succession thing with Gerard Mayo that split the coaching staff and split loyalties, and like the, the dysfunction of the last you know couple of years is more on the owner than Bill Belichick. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that totally, but I do think that the owner kind of brought on a lot of the dysfunction from the last couple of years. And then, look, obviously Belichick, his draft record hasn't been very good. Free agency, they haven't found too many hits so far. Um, I I think a lot of that can also be attributed to he's lost his allies. He lost Ernie Adams and Dante Scarnecchia and even Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels and Joe Judge and all these guys had different jobs the last few years. And it's hard to keep replacing you know, all that talent in the front office and the coaching staff. It seems like, by all accounts, if Belichick does get this Atlanta job, he is going to be getting the band back together to some extent, you know, McDaniels and Patricia and Judge and some of those guys. And I think if you're Belichick, you say, look, as long as you don't meddle the way that Robert Kraft meddled the last few years, we'll be fine.
3: That, mm. I hope you heard what Ben Volen just said. That's
1: all news to us, Ben.
3: Because yeah. this is something we've been talking about. Ben is in Boston, guys. He uh, writes for the Boston Globe, senior NFL writer, very revealing right there about what's been going on with Belichick. Now, let me ask you about, about Josh McDaniels. You say he may get the band back together, and I've been adamant about give me something new, show me you're willing to take in some new ideas. Why is McDaniels, every time he's left the farm, not had success? But then he, when he's with Belichick, it seems like he's the best or one of the best offensive coordinators in the league.
4: Yeah, and, and this is another one where I might, my answer is a little bit different from the narrative. And look, maybe I'm just a big Josh McDaniels homer and some big P- Belichick homer, but I think McDaniels got a little bit of a raw deal in Vegas. Um, now, everything, you know, everything that happened in Denver over a decade ago, he brought that on himself. And uh, even he admits he could have handled things a lot better. But in Vegas, you know, Mark Daniels hires him, Mark, excuse me, Mark Davis hired McDaniels. And it goes over like a wet fart in the locker room. No one wanted McDaniels. They wanted their guy, Rich Bisaccia. Mark Davis completely misread the room or didn't care and and said, we're bringing in this, you know, these Patriot guys who, I mean, every fan base basically hates the Patriots. So that's already strike one against McDaniels. You know, they go a year and a half, they switch quarterbacks. Like there's, they're just, you know, bringing in their guys and starting to get their program going when all of a sudden Mark Davis decides this year that, oh, now I'm going to start listening to my players. And they don't like McDaniels? Okay, well, we're going to listen to them now. And so he he, he cans McDaniels, you know, eight games into the season, which, I, you know, I don't think he was really given enough time to really get his program off the ground there in Vegas. I think he's a very good quarterback coach, a very good offensive coordinator. Might be one of these guys who's a better coordinator than, than a head coach. Um, you know, I think if obviously everyone in New England you say, well, Tom Brady was the reason for their success. And that is definitely true. But Josh McDaniels over the years, you know, got an 11-5 and five season out of Matt Castle, who had barely played any football in college or the NFL. And he did, he got a 10-7 and seven season out of a rookie, Matt Jones, which I think was a good accomplishment. And he did some good things with Cam Newton. And he's done some things with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, here in New England and with Jarrett Stidham. And it's like he's worked with old quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, pocket quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, I think McDaniel's is an excellent quarterbacks coach and offensive coach. And I, if I'm the Patriots, he'd be the guy I would want because the Patriots are looking at most likely drafting a, a quarterback and, and you know going starting fresh at that position. If I'm the Patriots, McDaniel's would be the guy I want. But it seems like he's a little more tethered to Belichick uh, th- than he would be to coming back for Gerard Mayo. But I, I think McDaniel's is an excellent coach and. Uh, another bonus for whoever hires him. You don't really have to worry about him leading for a head coaching job.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, his, his brand is pretty much mush right now. Ben Volen from the Boston Globe, but giving us some backgrounds. background. giving us some great intel, guys. I can guarantee Ben. We're going to be replaying this later. So thanks for filling a segment for us. Uh, what about you know the, you mentioned the personnel? You know we we talked about had not drafted a guy that would go on to the Pro Bowl but just once since uh, going back to that was 2013. So would Belichick demand personnel control in your estimation coming here to Atlanta because he still thinks he can do it, or would he be willing to see some of that to our, our general manager? My hunch is that he would want to have at least some synergy with the front office.
4: If, if they, you know, don't move on from Terry Fontenot, I would think that Belichick would maybe want Matt Patricia in some sort of front office role or, um, you know, just someone he's worked with in the past, maybe a Scott Pioli, maybe bring him back to the Falcon. I I don't know if necessarily this person would be in charge, but I, I think at least Belichick would probably want a liaison in the front office, someone that, he's a little bit more comfortable with. I don't think he necessarily wants full personnel control. Um, It it certainly didn't end well for him uh, here in new England. And I don't know if he wants all that responsibility, Um, but, but my hunch, you know, it might be tough for him to take a job where he's completely unfamiliar with with the people working in the front office. So I imagine that's what he and Arthur blank are kind of hashing out uh, right now or whenever they're meeting is uh, exactly how the front office is going to look and, what the role is for people there versus people that Belichick wants to bring in.
3: Ben, we were just talking about the Raiders. I want to mention this because it's just coming down and that is they are working to finalize a deal to hire Antonio Pierce as their head coach. He was the interim. They went five and four. They went on the road. They beat the chiefs. And and to your point about Mark Davis, not listening to his players, he is listening to them about this guy. And mm-hmm. so it's, that's going to happen, guys, and it looks like another hire is going to be happening in the NFL. Uh, ben, before we let you go, and, and I'm just curious, you know, you talk about the meddling with, with Kraft. What was the relationship at the end? We saw a lot of hugging and kissing at the, yeah. the presser, you know, last week when, when they parted ways. What was the relationship at the end? Because here we feel like we've had an owner who's been desperate and has meddled at times and gotten involved in some things that maybe he should not have. What was the end like for Belichick and Kraft, and does that matter as he maybe makes his way here to Atlanta?
4: Yeah, I think the smiles and hugs at that press conference at the end, I I think Robert Kraft probably bought that from Belichick with whatever massive buyout check that that he gave the coach on his way out the door. Um, (laughs) Belichick, to his credit, he played along and and he said all the right things, but noticeably they they didn't take any questions at that press conference. They literally just read statements and walked off. Uh, It was not a good relationship at the end. You you guys should read this article that Seth Wickersham has on ESPN.com. It came out last Friday, I think. It's all about the relationship between Robert Kraft, his son Jonathan Kraft, Belichick. It it definitely had deteriorated by the end. There was a lot of finger-pointing, especially over Tom Brady. You know, he goes and wins the Super Bowl his first year in Tampa. And I think there's a lot of blame shifting going on. You know, Kraft's want to dump it all on Belichick. You know, I think the crafts definitely played a role. That, you know, if Belichick may have been driving the decision to get rid of Brady, but Kraft certainly uh, signed off on it. And so I'll give Kraft credit; he gave Belichick the latitude to do things like make Matt Patricia his offensive coordinator and to go out and spend a lot of money in free agency in 2021 for guys like Matthew Judon and Hunter Henry and Nelson Aguilar. Um, at the same time, though, I mean there were major organizational decisions that Robert Kraft definitely stepped on Belichick's toes. It actually started, like, well, it started with the Jimmy Garoppolo trade six or seven years ago now. Where Belichick and that was forced by Kraft? Yes. I mean, the Kraft had made it abundantly clear that Jimmy Garoppolo, once his contract uh, was up after that season, would no longer be a Patriot, that the franchise tag was off off the table, uh, and that Brady would be the guy. So, look, I I understand that decision, and Belichick, you know, he, never, he didn't really try to develop a quarterback after Garoppolo, and that was one of his big failings. It's like he had this whole succession plan lined up, Kraft scuttled it, and Belichick didn't try again. And that has led to the quarterback issues that they have here. But, you know, Kraft stepped in when Josh McDaniels was about to leave to become the Colt head coach. That wasn't a Belichick decision. That was Kraft who decided to bring McDaniels back. Uh, Kraft was the one who was the driving force behind Bill O'Brien coming last year. Kraft was the one who decided to keep – Gerard Mayo off the uh, head coaching market and to give him a title and a succession plan which created all sorts of issues inside the coaching staff this year guys showing resentment to Gerard Mayo He's, he was walking around very cockily while all these other guys are worried about their job it was it was an, a mess inside the Patriots building this year and Belichick did a pretty good job of presenting as if he still had everything under control it was definitely Spiraling out of out of his control the last year or so, um, so the, the crafts were clearly looking like they they really like boxed him out. You know they brought in O'Brien, they brought in Gerard Mayo. Everywhere Belichick looked, there were guys you know looking to, to, to come for his job. It all fell apart this year. You know the stuff with Mac Jones. It's in this ESPN article. Um, he kept putting he kept playing Mac Jones this year out out of spite. You know even though Mac Jones had clearly played his way out of the job. Um, the whole thing was just a mess. And so the owner definitely deserved a, a lot of credit for it. But, you know, it's like when I wrote last week with Belichick. It was time. I mean, it was a great 24-year run yeah. here, but it was time for him and the Patriots to divorce and go their own way.
1: Wrapping up with the Ben Volen, guys, from the uh, Boston Globe, senior NFL writer, giving us some really great insight into what went down the last few years up in Boston with Belichick. So if he comes here, Ben, you already talked about maybe putting the staff together. If it does, in fact, happen Will he learn some new tricks? Will he pivot, or is it going to be the Patriot Way South?
4: I don't think he's going to learn too many new tricks. Uh, Belichick is who he is. You know, the Patriot Way is is really like it just means doing whatever they think is the best decision at that moment in time. You know, they, they they'll like there's no set Patriot Way. All that stuff is is kind of who he and. The Crafts the love selling that <laughs> stuff. But for, for Belichick, it's really just about what's the best decision at this point in time. And, uh, you know, the thing that I'll be interested to see, assuming he gets this job, um, game day. Everyone says Belichick still is amazing game day coach. And, I, and he still is. And he can still coach his team to win. And he's an excellent defensive coach. The, the defense will never be a problem with Atlanta. I'll be curious to see how he handles, like, fourth down and uh, some of these key decisions that are how coaches make their money. He was like the most conservative fourth down coach in the league this year. No one loves to punt on fourth and one from midfield more than bill Belichick. Like whenever I, I, he must go, you know, break out and hide when he sees the, the chargers, the lions, you know, constantly going for it on fourth down. It's just, it's mm-hmm. so against, you know, he loves playing for field position and relying on special teams. And it felt like uh, some of his philosophies did get a little outdated here towards the end, you know, he doesn't. He never really believed in investing in the quarterback and wide receiver position, and say he's going after special teamers, and uh, you know, and, and continuing to invest on defense and neglecting the offense. So I'll be, I'll be curious to see if Belichick uh, kind of updates his ways a little bit in that sense. But you know, like I said, he's going to bring stability to that organization. He's going to bring championship pedigree. Everyone, he's going to have everyone's attention the minute he steps in there and gives his first team meeting. Um, I, I think for, the, for a team like the Atlanta Falcons, you can't go wrong getting a guy like Bill Belichick. Ben, great stuff. Continue to do
3: great work. We enjoy reading your stuff. Senior NFL writer, Boston Globe, and great insight, guys. Appreciate you, Ben, stopping by. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games.
4: All right. Thanks so much, guys.
3: Um, I hope you heard what he said. Facts matter when you're talking about your assessment of people and situations. Robert Kraft had a lot more to do with this than he led on. And certainly, I think a lot of people knew. Why would we not know this? We're not in Boston. Right. We're just, in Atlanta. just
1: like things that happen here, they would not know about the Correct. dynamics that played here in Atlanta in the front office.
3: So uh, we'll, we will discuss more about what Ben had to say along the way. If you're just joining us, Arthur Blank and Belichick in the front office meeting, more meetings planned, nothing has happened as of yet. But the Raiders are finalizing a deal with Antonio Pierce. We're coming back. We're live at Gas South Arena. Gladiators in action tonight. They're carrying Heyman L, guys, here at the arena. <laughs> so come on by and hang out tonight. If you don't have a chance, they'll, they'll play again tomorrow night as well. But Yeah Man No Man's next.
2: It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. He's the former MVP of his high school football team. Not really. From New Jersey. The Cavs are here. And gives rapid fire questions. Here's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Chris Thomas. Let's get to it. We are live
6: at Gas South Arena. Yeah Man, No Man on a Friday. What's going on, Turtle? Let me ask you this, Carl. If Bill Belichick comes to Atlanta, should Terry Fontenot stay? I think he should. Um, I I said this, and you guys heard Ben Bolin. If you did, not
3: we'll replay it for you in the 5 o'clock hour. I've been saying this, not because I know for sure, okay, but just from the things that people have said to me about Belichick, this is a lot of responsibility Mm. when you start saying, I'm going to do all the things. When you are 35, 45, even 55, you might be able to take on that challenge. Not 72. Not knowing the best thing that, it, that I do is coach, I know what I'm doing defensively, defense will be stout, let me hire the right guys and let's make this thing right. And guess what? I'm going to tell whoever's in charge of personnel what I want anyway. Right. I don't think he has to do that. So that's where I've been. But yes, to answer your question, I think that Terry Fontenot should have an opportunity won't see him to no be more. here.
1: He won't, but I think he should too i think well, belichick's coming with his own agenda well unfortunately i tend to agree with mike on that one And by but, the way belichick hasn't been hired guys we're just going on the i've said it earlier i just feel he's gonna be the guy and then as we're, yeah we're talking also about i
6: mean that. all signs yeah. at, you know astrologically and otherwise <laughs> are pointing that way right now so real quick it's uh, not
1: done
3: until it's done I'm no say it. no it's not i've seen this and too many times do you
1: understand it. the words coming out of my mouth everybody
3: everybody says it's the thing and then something happens, and it doesn't happen. I When it's done, I'm all in, and we said this. I, you got to pivot if you're a Falcons
6: fan, but go ahead. Well, if we look at the recent past, I mean, the Raiders just did what everyone thought they were going to do. Sure enough. So sure it, enough. it was Antonio Pierce from pillar to post, and he got hired. So it's been Belichick the same way here
1: whether for better or My for worse. My thing is you're just not hearing Belichick linked to anyone else. Mike's nope. right.
3: Mike's right and that's, where I'm, and that's where
1: I'm based on it. Plus, I just know, I think after just 20-some odd years, I can read Arthur, and he's always wanted this. And now he has a chance to have it.
6: Okay, so you guys want to know why Kalen DeBoer was hired at Alabama? Uh-oh. Greg Byrne finally addressed it.
3: Uh-oh. He
1: the addressed it. The old saying that AD's got a a list in his top desk drawer, which I never have had, but what I've had is uh, something that's a fluid list uh, that changes in time. And, and we had vetted probably a couple dozen coaches over the years that we
2: thought, okay, could they make sense? Some made a lot more sense than others. We had criteria of what we were looking for. The reality is none of them it, right? There was not a perfect candidate that checked every single box. Uh, except for probably Nick Saban. That would have been it. And Unfortunately, uh, uh, he didn't interview for the job this time.
6: Did he just admit that Alabama had to settle? That's kind of a – I've
1: got to be honest, that sounds a little bit like settling.
3: You guys.
1: Well, you know, the other thing is now, Carl, I don't know if this is true either, but it was Dan Lanning, and uh, I just – from what I'm hearing, now, again, everybody in Florida State's a little mental right now, as you can understand why, but everyone's making it sound like Bama dropped everything at Mike Norvell's feet, and that's why FSU came with a with huge offer they did to keep him.
3: Well, it makes sense. So this
1: guy could have, DeBoer could, I mean, technically three.
3: It, it, it makes Option sense. Option C, which uh, would be settling. Yeah, listen, they got caught off guard. He can tell me he's got a list in his drawer, and they've vetted guys. You got caught with your pants down because it felt right and it felt good and he had a good recruiting class and, well, what's going to change? Nothing. And, look, our quarterback just said he's coming back. We'll be right back in this thing with the 12-team playoff next year. What would you just say? He's retiring. Who? Right. Saban? That's what happened. And so, yeah, I know Alabama fans don't want to hear it, Mike. Right. Ah! <laughs> Alabama, yeah, you settled.
1: Yeah, you settled. and then you find out that uh, Julian saying the number one, number one quarterback uh, as far as pocket passer, is in the transfer portal. Already lost your corner. You got the best, one of the best lineman recruits is out. So, uh, the yeah. best
3: offensive tackle in, the, in, the, yeah. in college football. So
1: you're hemorrhaging right now, and, and now DeBoer is going to have to steady the ship and get wrong. But yeah, that's I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. But that's I am. That's that's a strange thing. To, the way he phrased it, the phrasing. Words have meaning, yes, they do. Yes,
3: they do. Yeah. I,
1: uh, and by the way, it doesn't mean that DeBoer won't work. No. Okay? But when you're talking
3: about who was the first guy on your list and everybody says, we Alabama, we can get
6: anybody we want. Hi, Jerome, we can get anybody we want. Not necessarily. I'm not so much worried about DeBoer as I am what you guys just talked about. Everybody's going bye-bye. That's going to take a huge yeah. toll on yep. that team. Yep. And what message does that send to the rest of the locker room, to the top-tier players that are maybe thinking about it? Well, if he's gone and our offensive line's going to be that much more weak, I'm not going to get mine. And I'll get my money somewhere else. Jerome?
3: Get out while you can. Thank exactly. you, Soto. Get, get, get out now. I mean, I just, hey, you know, there's a
6: great place right, right across the border
3: here. Yep. In Athens, as Kirby likes to say, Athens is a special place. You know what's? I'm funny? just telling you, you guys. Know what
1: the funny thing is, Hugh Freeze has got to jump on some of this. Where's oh. Hugh Freeze getting traction? If you're Auburn, you can go from literally from the fringe right into the front. If you, do, but you've got to, How is Auburn not positioning themselves for some more of this? This booty to raid.
6: Yeah, especially with all those extra playoff slots, you'd think that they'd right. want to jump in that mix. Let me tell you this. I got to say this real quick, yeah. Turtle.
3: Alabama's collective right now is cut to checks. Okay? I'm just telling you.
6: Right. FSU
1: can't talk to their
6: collective. But. <laughs> Go ahead, Terry. Go maybe, ahead. Maybe, <laughs> Nick's, maybe Nick Saban's Mercedes dealerships is right now some well, hope. He's
3: still, listen, he's still, he says he's still involved
6: and he wants to be ladies on there, but the fact is he's not the dude you answering to now in the locker room or anywhere else. The office is a setup, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's there. All right, real quick, because we got to run. It's going to be cold this weekend. We got some chili cooking. What are we doing, boys? That's a good point. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, we are going to do some chili. Uh, I, I, that's funny you brought
3: that up. We did it uh, a version of it early in the week, but I think we're going to do some chili. I'll tell you what else we're going to do. Um, I, I, for some reason, I want to do like a chicken or steak and broccoli kind of mix, and I saw it, and I don't know why. You know, if you you're just you looking through well, like a magazine or something, you're like, oh, that looks like a good recipe. I don't know why. Like, but a, th- like a stir fry? Uh, yeah.
1: Were you like Tony yeah. Soprano? You ripped it out of somebody's at the doctor's office? You ripped it out of the magazine? How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I put it in my
3: pocket. But, that, but But it's sitting on the counter, Michelle, if you're wondering what the hell that is. But I uh, I think I want to try that. But I want something warm, man. There's no doubt. I've been thinking about a roast potentially. But I'm not sure, a Turtle. Make sure you follow us, guys. Mike Bell, ATL. Put him up, C. Dukes. Follow Turtle, uh, see Thomas Radio, and make sure that uh, you understand. When you send your pics, the best ones go on our Instagram.
1: Hey, man, uh, Becky found a healthy recipe. We're going to do that tonight. Basically, it's going to be shrimp on a bed of spinach with cheese. And somehow it's low fat, so I can eat it. Because I've got to get this New Orleans weight off my hips, Carl. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. You know what they say, Mike. Oh Summer my bodies God. are made in the winter. This, time. Is true. Hey man, this is That's true. right. You know, dedication. I, I'm committed to this. I'm no, committed to this. No, that's true.
3: I, I would agree with that. I'm uh, still gonna have fun at the beach if I'm fat, though. I'm letting you know.
6: Okay? <laughs> I'm just gonna let you guys know. Or, it doesn't matter. Orin, stop thumbing through that Home
1: Goods magazine mm. and hit my music. Hey, man, there's nothing concrete that Bill Belichick is coming to Atlanta other than my gut, and there's a lot of it. And it's telling me, Carl, Belichick is going to be here, and we'll probably get this as soon as next week. If My spidey sense, I'll use that again, is right. But as you said, it ain't nothing until we uh, hear about the line being signed that is dotted. All right, guys. And, and you know, again, it's not going to be
3: so much the terms, because Mike is right. I don't think this is going to be a seven-year deal. No. The terms will be worked out if, in fact, if they get to that point. But we don't know if they're there yet. With that said, they have other interviews to get to. One guy's got a job, though. Raiders working to finalize a deal with Antonio Pierce. We're going to talk more about what's going on around the NFL. But when we come back, speaking of college football, Kirby talking about the importance of his guys coming back to UGA. It's Dukes and Bell live at Gas South Arena.
5: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.